This is John Halsman, and welcome to the Around the World in 20 Minutes podcast, where we weekly try to make sense of the beguiling new era that we find ourselves in. And today we take a step back from Ukraine. I'm sure we'll be returning in the near future as the Russian uh, invasion uh, shifts focus and now centers on the Donbass as the Russians, as we predicted earlier, decide to move south um, and move from east to west to try to make a land corridor between Rostov-on-Don, the two Donbass provinces, the Sea of Azov, down into Crimea, and on a good day maybe getting as far as Odessa, though they won't. But that land bridge connecting their various possessions is now the name of the game. Um, And we'll be returning to this, but as that invasion just begins to heat up, I thought we'd look at another part of the West, at Boris Johnson, where for all his verbal calisthenics, Partygate will still be the end of Boris. And we've been following this scandal closely because it's a tremendous sign of what's wrong with the Western elite, which is do as I say and not as I do, that rules are for the little people. And this will do for Boris in the end, Teflon coated though he may be. Um, Just today, if I read the Times of London, uh, Boris will order his Tory MPs tomorrow to block an investigation into claims that he misled Parliament over lockdown-breaking parties in Downing Street. And the key to the British Constitution is that you're not allowed to lie. You can be wrong, you cannot understand things, but you're not allowed to lie, as happened in the Perfumo scandal when the Defense Secretary was caught with a very beautiful, very young escort. The problem wasn't the escort for John Perfumo. The problem is Secretary of War was lying to Parliament. And you're allowed to be misleading, you're allowed to be wrong, but you're not allowed to lie. And so Boris is going to have his MPs block a labor motion, which would call for an investigation into claims that he did just that over the lockdown-breaking parties in Downing Street. The Tories will have to vote against a motion referring Boris to a formal investigation by the Commons Privileges Committee for contempt. If this were to pass, which it won't, the committee would be able to demand documents and photo evidence that has been gathered by Sue Gray, a senior civil servant, which purportedly shows Boris having a drink or two at six of the lockdown events in question. And this was part of her investigation into events that Boris is uh, understood to have attended. Again, of the 11 or 12 uh, parties, he's supposed to have come to five or six. He's already received a fine for one of the actually tamer events, uh, but there seem to be others, particularly one celebrating the downfall of my friend Dominic Cummings um, as leader that his wife Carrie organized, not only mean-spirited but against the law, and then there's one for Lee Kane leaving, a leaving due that Boris is purportedly have actually organized and certainly seems to have had a drink about, and he's desperate to avoid these photos getting out. Mark Harper, the former chief whip for the Tories, said when Boris came back to apologize for the 15th time, of course not meaning it, we have a prime minister who broke the laws he told the country they had to follow. That's the key phrase. We have a prime minister who broke the very laws he told the country they had to follow over lockdown and hasn't been straightforward about this. That's to put it mildly. Uh, As Heraclitus said, character is destiny, the great Greek philosopher. Character is destiny. And time and again, as we've looked at various people from Donald Trump to Joe Biden to Vladimir Putin, the ancient Greeks knew exactly what they were talking about. Character is destiny. 
And for in a way, what happened to Boris is simply times changing, the very qualities people liked about him, that he was insouciant about the rules, that he had a libertarian streak and thought a lot of rules were nonsense, uh, didn't work so well. It seemed refreshing in simpler days, but didn't work so well in the tragedy of COVID when the government laid down totally unnecessary, misleading, draconian rules. But that isn't the problem. It isn't that they were draconian. It's that in laying them down, Boris decided these rules were for the little people. And time and time and time again, people, both him and people in his office, violated these very rules. That's the problem. It's the Marie Antoinette problems we've talked about in the past. Marie Antoinette never said, let them eat cake, but she could have. And it stuck to her because she could have. It shows how clueless and out of touch the French elite were on the eve of the revolution. Boris has exactly the same problem. He's out of touch with the very laws he's forcing on people he feels are ridiculous and are not for him. It's this fatal flaw, the Marie Antoinette problem, that will do for him in the end. But we have a ways to go. We certainly live in a cynical age, um, even allowing for this spare a moment of pity for formerly high-flying Chancellor of the Exchequer, Rishi Sunak, who for a long time was the odds-on favorite to succeed Boris, um, particularly as he became scandal-plagued, but Sunak has dramatically over the last few weeks fallen back to earth. First, his most recent budget announcement amounted to a damn squib, satisfying neither the Tory hawks worried about out-of-control spending, nor the doves terrified by the looming cost-of-living-in crisis brought on by inflation. Second, his ultra-wealthy wife's complicated tax and dom domicile status, she's one of the richest people in, in the Britain, merely confirmed the suspicion that the conservative elite are cosmically out of touch with a populace suddenly grappling with 7% inflation, which is a 30-year high. But third, and by far the most galling for Sunak, the Metropolitan Police saw fit to fine him for attending one of Boris's illegal parties during lockdown, even though he was only in number 10 to attend an entirely unrelated meeting. That's right. Sunak was fined for literally being in the way, uninvited, of Boris Johnson's surprise birthday party of June 19, 2020, organized by his wife, Carrie. So furious was Sunak with his turn of events that it has been widely reported he seriously thought about resigning, presumably to get out of the Kafka novel he now finds himself in, of doing nothing more than being in the wrong place at the wrong time, literally in the wrong room at the wrong time. Now, Sunak's difficulties must have put a ghoulish smile on the embattled prime minister's face, but of course, Boris too was fine for being at precisely the same party. And despite the British commentariat's settling view that the Teflon Johnson has somehow dodged another bullet, surviving being the, fir the first British prime minister in history to have broken the law in office, my strong prediction remains that his, names, his days remain numbered. As an unnamed senior backbench Tory MP put it in the Times of London, these are the rules he wrote. To pretend he didn't understand them is risable. There may be more fines, and at some point, even those defending him will find it becomes indefensible. But what of the present Tory consensus that, with an international crisis raging, now is simply not the time to remove the prime minister, whatever his obvious failings, as to do so would merely provide comfort to Vladimir Putin? Frankly, this nonsense fails both tests of logic and history. Historically, the British tradition is replete with examples of changing premiers in wartime. In fact, this happened in both world wars, 
and undoubtedly in both cases for the better, as an ineffectual H.H. Asquith gave way to the energetic David Lloyd George in World War I, and the appeaser Neville Chamberlain blessedly ceded the prime ministership to the incomparable Winston Churchill. So to suddenly pretend that this is simply not done is simply not true. But such a feeble defense fails the test of logic as well. How does exercising democratic principles, in this case holding a scandal-plagued prime minister to account, somehow lessen the argument for the global upholding of democratic values that the Ukraine crisis has forced on us? Doesn't it just do the opposite? No. This fragile and feeble conservative consensus is not likely to survive the further onslaught of events. And three dangers still lurk ahead for Boris. First, the May local elections were already set to be a disaster for the Tories. After Partygate, they may be even worse, particularly if the parliamentarians have to go on record stopping an investigation of their obviously guilty prime minister. Surely the spring vote will put pay to the cynical Tories' fiction that Johnson has a unique magical touch with the voters and needs to be retained whatever his moral failings is they are going to lose and lose big. And this is just round the corner. Second, despite being commonly seen to have had a good war over Ukraine, providing decisive and steady leadership, it is clear that the public at large have neither forgotten nor forgiven Johnson's pandemic trans transgressions in ignoring the very rules he put in place while the rest of the country truly suffered. A recent YouGov poll issued just after Boris's fine was announced found that a 57% majority of Britons felt that both Johnson and Sunak should quit for their violations. Other numbers, the Times online poll, are even higher. That, that says that in the neighborhood of 80-some percent feel this way. The Westminster Village may be ready to forgive and forget Johnson's hypocrisy, but the still furious British public are not. And finally, the unnamed backbencher's comment is perhaps Johnson's greatest danger, for there may well be more fines to come. The Metropolitan Police have presently only issued fines for two or three of the 12 events under investigation. Johnson has been linked to fully six of these events. If he is fined for each, this, and he will be because this one was one of the lamer efforts, and there are more serious uh, efforts out there, including the picture Sue Gray has gathered of Johnson drinking and enjoying himself at Lee Kane's uh, leaving due and celebrating Dom Cummings being evicted from office as Carrie did in her mean-spirited way. If he's fine for each, the sheer weight of his careless disregard for his own distancing rules could well bring him down, as the fines will not be seen as a stupid mistake, but as what they are, a pattern, a pattern. And then if you add in that inflation is running amok, and this is going to endanger, as it did in the 1970s, every single Western leader. Remember what happened in the era of inflation in the 1970s when stagflation led to low growth and ridiculously high inflation, which is a tax on all of us, particularly the working poor. Out went Jimmy Carter, out went Giscard d'Estaing, out went the labor government of Wilson and Callahan, and ultimately out went Schmidt uh, in Germany. In each case, the leader was unseated by inflation, and this is not something that is easily controlled. Now that the beast has been loosed by central banks everywhere in the West getting COVID wrong and priming the pump and pouring gasoline onto a roaring fire as economies bounced back from COVID, it's hard to see this changing quickly or easily 
And in the end, it's like being quarterback of your leader, prime minister or president. You get the credit for things you shouldn't when things go right, and you get the blame perhaps when you shouldn't when things go wrong. But for inflation and this cost of living crisis, surely the prime minister will get the blame in addition to these other three points. For what Party Gets says about Johnson is it confirms the narrative that he's a careless, spoiled, entitled elitist who thinks the rules are for little people. This will do him in. The Marie Antoinette problem. Tory MPs, after the May local election shellacking, will go home for the summer and get an earful from their constituents about defending the indefensible in Johnson and about inflation. If Johnson's fines mount up, even the public, and if the public still doesn't forgive him, which they won't forgive him, look for the unsentimental Tories to then move on their leader. The Tory party is the most successful party in modern political Western history. And the reason for this is its unsentimentality about its leaders. I got to talk to Margaret Thatcher, who I had the great pleasure of knowing in her retirement, and got to know her rather well. One of the great moments in my life is I'm included in the acknowledgement pages of Statecraft, her last book, because she talked to me about where conservatism was going, which was a tremendous thrill for me. One of the things we talked about was this fact about the Tory party. She won three thumping election victories, but the minute her numbers go down over the poll tax and she seems to be lingering around too long, out she goes. Uh, They'll make statues to her later, but at the time, it's winning that next election, which ruthlessly the Tories did by installing John Major. One forgets he beats Neil Kinnock and they continue on their merry way. The Tory party has been successful because the minute a leader doesn't deliver, however fond or not fond they are of him or her, out they go. And the Tory party's never been fond of Johnson. He didn't make his way up the traditional way, even as David Cameron did, working his way up, banging on doors in the rain for local political candidates. Boris arrived a rock star and ignored all the silly working your way up thing and only had his position because transactionally he delivered victory. The minute this is assured, The minute victory isn't assured, and it's not going to be assured moving ahead, as the local elections will show, as the Tories are behind by about five points, the Labor Party, as the public are fixed in their view. When asked recently in a poll to come up with a series of single words to describe Boris, the number one word conjured by the British public was liar, and the second word was incompetent. This isn't a word salad that you're looking for. And as this sinks in and as the Tory MPs get an earful from their constituents over the summer, look for things in the autumn to get very, very dicey for Boris. Because for all his verbal calisthenics, Partygate will still be the end of him for all these reasons. And that's actually healthy. That's how a democracy is supposed to work. There's supposed to be accountability. And if you become insanely elitist and think the rules are for little people in some sort of constitutional monarchy or republic, your days ought to be numbered, and they will be. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed this Around the World in 20 Minutes, where we had a forensic look at why Partygate will still be the end of Boris. For those of you who haven't yet, please do subscribe. We're thrilled that we've doubled, in essence, our subscription since the beginning of the Ukraine war. We will continue to provide you up-to-the-minute, world-class political risk analysis. And frankly, I'm proud as punch of our team so far. We haven't gotten a thing wrong yet, and we will continue to try to live up to that impossible standard. Please do subscribe. And for those of you who have subscribed, please do give. Again, Monday is Ukraine Vlog Day. Tuesday, we're dealing with the culture. 
Uh, we're moving on to look at the spaghetti western films of Sergio Leone and what they mean, which is great fun. Looking forward to doing this following in the footsteps of my film journeys with my son, Benjamin. Wednesday is Around the World in 20 Minutes. Thursday, we have my friend J.L. Ryder giving us the society, and Publius, my great friend, doing the politics, an increasingly popular column on Friday. So this is a full-service, round-the-week newspaper, and to make that work, we need just $7 a month, $70 a year, for $70 a year, half the cost of the cappuccino I'm about to have today. If you think we're worth half a cappuccino a week for all this, please do give, and we will continue along to provide you with new uh, Substack-style, cutting-edge journalism. And this is the future, content providers talking directly to their community. I love doing this and can't wait to do more with you. Thanks, and please do give the 70. Onward we go. Next, JL Ryder.